You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back to our show this morning. Real Presence Live from Holy Spirit Church in Virginia. We are in our second hour here this morning. Mark Cheney, along with Ben Frost and Father Brandon Barabas, and we are joined this morning by the telephone by Bishop Donald DeGroote, and it is a great morning to be a part of this radio broadcast. Awesome. Thank you, Mark. I'm super excited to have Bishop Donald DeGroote with us by phone. Good morning, Bishop. How are you today? Hey, top of the morning to you. I'm doing fantastic. Oh, good, good. So uh, we've got our, our first year under under the belt here because it's uh, just about your, your or actually just had your one-year anniversary. How, how was the first year of, of uh, being bishop of the Diocese of Sioux Falls? Ah, uh, great question. You know, I would describe <laughs> it as grace upon grace. Mm. What I mean by that is uh, God's grace has been absolutely incredible. Uh, out of the ballpark sort of blessings, to just receive the spiritual grace needed to be a bishop and to uh, just, I get just such great clarity and prayer and inspiration and strength for what the Lord asks. So it's really, I'd say, grace upon grace is how I would describe it. Mm, Bishop, this is uh, Father Brandon Moravitz up here in the Diocese of Duluth. And, you know, I, I was thinking about, I mean, you had an experience as, as a pastor, obviously, getting assigned to a new parish and you get to a new parish and you have to get to know the new people. <laughs> and sometimes that can be an overwhelming experience. And then I think about that level as, as becoming a bishop of a diocese. And I mean, you have all your priests and your deacons and your laity. And, and like, like, how are you going about getting to know your sheep? Um, and, and, and what's that experience like as you continue to get to know your diocese and the people of God that God has called you to shepherd? Yeah, I'd say there's some key things that have been really helpful. Certainly the interactions that I'm blessed to have with people uh, would be one thing. Secondly, insights from others, right? So you get insights from whether it's staff or priests or chancery staff. So you start to learn more and more about the diocese, not unlike being in a parish where you're trying to get perspective, insight. Uh, But then the real key for me is to take it to prayer and then see what the Lord is prompting within my own heart. So it's kind of like taking in the data, taking it before the Lord, praying, pondering, and then getting a sense of what it is that I'm, I'm sensing He wants me to do, and then take action. So I'd say that's, that's been how it's done. You know, unfortunately, this COVID year, it certainly has limited a lot of things. Uh, but on the other hand, it's also brought a lot of blessings. Well, that... uh, so while I have not had the chance to meet as many people as possible, yeah. at least um, it's something to look forward to. Well, that's what I appreciated you saying that this first year's grace upon grace, and you know we reflect obviously the the last year year and a half has been certainly challenging with, with COVID. But in the midst of that, we were just talking about that in our, our previous uh, half hour segment. Like, there's still so many blessings. Like God is so faithful and He's so good. And so maybe just a question, you know, in the, this first year, certainly challenges. Like, what graces, like what blessings, have you seen in your midst in, in the diocese of Sioux Falls? Well, certainly from my own experience, I'd say two principal things. One is actually um, having more time for a contemplative approach to my role as a bishop, meaning more time for prayer and reflection, because there's not as many events to be running out and doing, has been extremely helpful for me, because what it's really fostered is a much deeper sense 
and uh, a time of integration for me in this call that the Lord has given me and the consecration that he's blessed me with. What does it mean to be a bishop uh, from the spiritual perspective and having Christ as my, um, as my primary friendship, if you will? So it's been, a, it's been a time of certainly great stretching. He leaves behind family, friends, uh, parishioners you know and love, all the things that I see. You go to a whole new place. And then you have COVID, uh, but one of the graces upon graces is it's given me more time to be in friendship with the Lord, and that has just been an incredible gift to me. The second thing I'd say is it's also given me much more time as a new bishop to just get my head around things on the administrative end. Yeah. So to be able to take time with priests, for example, and understand more of their experiences or things that are going on in the diocese. If I was out running around on things, I would not have had that same time. I think for the people of God, my dear hope is that it's really been an opportunity to pull back and ask the question, why am I doing what I'm doing? (laughs) And what is it that uh, the Lord desires for me to do? So hopefully the more solitude, quiet, the more time at home has actually fostered better family life, having meals together, having conversations at the meal table, uh, spending time playing games, board games, or whatever it might be together. So hopefully family life has been strengthened, uh, and being less dependent upon all the commotion, activity uh, that often keeps us very, very busy, but can distract us from what's most important. Yeah, Bishop DeGroote, it's very providential that you kind of share that grace, because uh, you know we were talking in our earlier segment about approaching Lent as a time of rest and relaxation. Um, you know, I was, I was sharing with our prisoners this weekend that so often we think rest and relaxation is on a vacation, laying on a beach in Hawaii or Mexico, and, and that's as good as that is, rest is truly in our identity with the Lord, and that Lent is this time to really rest with the Lord. And I appreciate your approach as a shepherd, kind of kind of witnessing that to our listeners, that, that as busy as you can be as, as a bishop, what's primary is resting with the Lord and discerning His will in all things, and from that, everything flows. Um, and so, maybe just to our listening audience, like like... From, from your um, time of, of, of prayer and, and, and contemplation as a bishop, like, like how does one go about that rest with the Lord in such a busy, you know, kind of culture? And even Lent sometimes we can, we can almost get so busy that, that we're more exhausted than we are at rest. Um, and, I, and, and could you maybe speak to our listeners about that, that reality of resting with the Lord? Yeah, I think the first thing is to, to, to do it in a very practical way. Make a list of everything that's on your plate. Right? Look at the calendar you have for the week. Then you take that to prayer and you ask the Lord, Lord, am I supposed to be doing all these things? Where is it when I reflect upon any particular thing, like, oh my gosh, we've got three nights in a row, we're going to be running to X, Y, or Z. And if you get a sense that, hold it, it's just too much. So it's really looking honestly at things, and sometimes that means making some really tough changes in our lives. Uh, where we literally pull back because in conscience, before the Lord, we really get a sense that we're, we're too fragmented, we're not focused. I'd say the other thing that's really helpful for me is that time of prayer right away in the morning. I'm a morning person. Some people might like to bed at night if they're more of a night person. But for me, it's taking what's on my heart and my mind to the Lord at the beginning of the day. And when I do that, then I have that sense of, okay, here's my will, here's what I'm desiring. Okay, I'm sensing that's not what the Lord wants. So then it's a decision point. Am I going to surrender to the Lord's providence and his, I might want to run off and do something, but he might actually want me to have more time just to be with him, just to rest, get my exercise in, or 
pick up a spiritual book and do a little reading. So it's really, uh, if, if we could orientate everything by listening to the Lord and what He wants us to do, then it rightly orders us, and it motivates what we do with the right reason, because it's the will of God. Yeah, Bishop, that's so good, and I, I appreciate, too, um, as I, we think in our, our daily routines of lives, right? I mean, we make this list, and we see all the, the activity that, that's going on, but sometimes I think, too, I look at my own life, and even within the faith and, like, church, like, and it's not bad. Like, there, there, oftentimes, there's so many things that we can do. Now we're, we're, we're within Lent. There's a lot of, like, activity. But sometimes we kind of get it backwards where we, we, we try to think of, I just need to do this and this and this and this, but we miss that, that foundation of rest and kind of that, that foundation of prayer, like our activity is meant to kind of come from that place and direct to uh, that place of rest. So oftentimes, you know, I'm talking to my kids or, you know, we're at a Catholic school or people in the parish and they're, they're so, you know, trying to think, you know, what am I going to give up and candy bars and this and that and, and, you know, maybe come to this program. And again, those are good things. But that foundational level of, of prayer and rest, and I appreciate you saying, even in your first year, like what was, what was the heart of, of trying to, uh, to move forward was coming from that place of contemplative prayer, like, Lord, I'm your son, I'm your daughter, you know, for, for our listeners out there, like, um, you know, sometimes that, that hyperactivity even kind of comes into our churches. Do you, do you agree with that? Or? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, it's, that's the beauty of a parish life. You know, you want to try to provide many things because different people have different desires, but it can also overextend either uh, a clergy person or even the faithful, the good volunteers, staff. So it's really, of okay, where's the fruitfulness? What are we able to do? I kind of think of it as you got to start with what you have that you can give, that the Lord wants you to give as far as time and programming. Uh, and same things for family. You know, what can we reasonably do and keep a healthy, balanced life and focus you know, I think we can learn a lot, for example, in monasticism. There's a certain, uh, they foster a lifestyle. We're not all called to be in the, behind monastery walls, but the point being is they foster a spirit of recollection. Hmm. So as you're going through your day, you're actually able, your mind isn't just rushing so fast from one thing to the next, but it's as you're going through your day, where's the Lord in this? What's the Lord asking me to do? And so as a practical example, I love to get things done. So I love many things. I want to do this, that, and the other thing. And But I find if I stay in that recollected spirit, the Lord's saying, no, 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 that's not what I'm asking you to do. That's not where the peace is going to lie. When I follow the peace and I pull back uh, that, uh, that uh, feverish activity at times, I'm actually able to just stay in the spirit of the Lord, and there's a deeper interior sense of peace and tranquility. And then, of course, it comes with the ease of the Holy Spirit. So fostering recollection what am I doing? Why am I doing it? Even as I go through the day and the presence of the Lord with me in the day, and what is it the Lord wants can help all of us, men, women, kids, uh, any age, whatever vocation we have in our life. So, Bishop, uh, what I hear you saying is it's okay to say no. <laughs> yes, I say no often. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's it's good because I think sometimes people uh, see no as this, this horrible thing and they've got like this guilt complex if they say no to doing something at the parish or they say, you know, even I as a priest sometimes, like I, like I can feel this burden of telling somebody I can't do something. And there's something about our culture that we really struggle with that sometimes. And, but, but when we're in, in union with the Lord and it becomes clear like this isn't bearing any fruit or this is not what I'm called to, there's actually a beauty in the no and, and sometimes I think we, we lose that reality. And, and to our listeners out there, you know, we have to be prayerful about things. And it's okay to say no to things sometimes because that leads us to more freedom and more rest as we've been talking about all day. 
Yeah, I think too. Like behind, uh, yeah, behind uh, each no sometimes is a is a greater yes. You know that uh, just because you're saying no to something, it's actually saying my my heart can more enter into something else. And uh, so I think that that's a. Uh, that's an important thing to, to consider as well. So we're just about, uh, Bishop, to, uh, to take a, a break here. Uh, if you're just tuning in, we're speaking to Bishop uh, DeGroote of the, the Diocese of Sioux Falls. It's uh, been his one-year anniversary of uh, Bishop of the Diocese of Sioux Falls and been talking uh, this first segment about uh, the importance of, of prayer and rest and the, the contemplative life. And on the other side of the break, we're going to continue just to talk to about his experiences and the, the Diocese of Sioux Falls. And, and uh, so we'll, we'll, be, we'll be right back, Mark. And with that said, we will be right back to more of our show today on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. This is Father Bo Braun from the Diocese of Duluth. It's my second year anniversary as a priest today, so I figured it's a good time to talk a little bit about priesthood and my favorite part about being a priest. You know, it's intense because you just think about where the priest stands. The priest stands, he stands in the place of Jesus Christ. He stands in between the people and God. And uh, that place is a, there's an intensity of life and there's an intensity of love there. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about the, I think the best times as a priest are those moments where God lets you feel that intensity. You know, so the Mass, I would say, is the, is the highest point, obviously, because in the Mass, it's the, it's the most intense prayer from the Son to the Father, and I'm caught up in the middle of that. But yet, I, I give all of that love then to the people, and uh, all through my, my ordinary and, and very little heart. Real Presence Radio is experiencing rapid growth and has an additional opening in the Rapid City area for a part-time listener relations coordinator. This person will assist with spreading the word about RPR, including help with the live drives, fall banquet, and major gifts. A qualified candidate should demonstrate excellent self-management and time management skills. If you sense a call to serve God in this capacity, please send a cover letter, your resume, and references to Brittany at realpresenceradio.com or call 877-795-0122. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And welcome back on a Monday morning. It's Real Presence Live. Mark Channing along with Ben Frost and Father Brandon Moravitz. We are talking this morning in this segment with Bishop Donald DeGrood from the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Father, take it away. Hey, Bishop DeGroote, it's Father Brandon. You know, one of the things that kind of connects our diocese um, with your um, role as bishop is our late, great Bishop Serba, 
um, the, the previous bishop of our mm-hmm. diocese. And, you know, you shared in the gift of priesthood, um, diocesan priesthood in the archdiocese with Bishop Serba. And Bishop Serba was such a gift to our diocese and to my life, even as a priest. Um, and I miss that man so very much. And just wondering if you just want to share a little bit about, you know, the, the gift of Bishop Serba in your own life and, and, and the role maybe he played um, in, in your role as a, as a priest and maybe even now as a bishop. Yeah, I suspect it resonates deeply for many of us. Uh, you know, those of us who've been blessed to get to know him know that beautiful, humble, gentle, uh, joyful soul, very faithful, of course, to the Church and the Lord, and such kindness the way he would, uh, you know, minister. And I was so blessed to know him all the way back when he was in the seminary and kind of always looked up to him and admired him. Uh, and then very blessed to follow him in doing uh, spiritual direction and formation at St. John Vianney Seminary after he was... Uh, transition to parish. Uh, so I, I, as a brother priest, I've just had so much admiration and have gotten to know him so well through the years. And just as an example of what kind of impact. Uh, so the day I got the call from the nuncio to be the new bishop in Sioux Falls, the day before, uh, December 1st, was the day that Bishop Serber died. And I was shocked. I, I was yeah. still, just, you know, stunned by the news. But when I got the call to be the bishop here in Sioux Falls, I, I knew I needed to go to the chapel right away and ask the Lord one question. Lord, what do you want? And he was very clear. Why don't you say yes, and I'll give you everything you need. Of course, then I had a few objections, and I had to work those through with the Lord. <laughs> but then I wanted to do a check-in with four people. Uh, my, my Uncle Donnie, who was handicapped all of his life, an incredible prayer warrior, and I knew great things would happen with his prayers. My dad. Uh, Bishop Paul uh, Dudley, who was a bishop here in Sioux Falls, and Bishop Serba. Uh, So it tells you what kind of impact he's had on my life. And I had such a beautiful spiritual uh, experience with each one of them Mm -hmm. uh, in the context of that, asking the Lord what he wanted, and he made it so clear. Uh, And that's, you know, for me right now, it's a very mixed thing. There's such a sadness. I want him back. I want him to be around. And yet there's such a richness in the spiritual friendship that we enjoy. And just the encouragement for all the listeners, especially those of us who've been blessed to know him in the Duluth Diocese, St. Paul, Minneapolis, or other connections, uh, that's the beautiful gift of uh, immortal souls and spiritual friendship in the Lord is that transcends space and time. So he's had a huge impact. Yeah, it's so good. You know, last night we had a holy hour here, and Sunday nights we have a holy hour with our parishioners, and just had an incredible crowd, and I found myself... As I was before the Lord, um, just begging for Bishop Serba's intercession, you know, for our parish and our people and our diocese. And like you said, that spiritual friendship um, that, that, that doesn't end, that continues. And um, I, I, I just, it's profound and it's powerful. And I just encourage any of our listeners from the Diocese of Duluth and beyond to keep, you know, we pray for Bishop Serba's soul, but we also just ask him to intercede for us that, that God might provide us with a new good bishop, um, but also for just continual renewal in life um, and rest in the Diocese of Duluth. Um, we, were, we were so blessed by him, and I just really appreciate you you sharing a little bit um, there, Bishop DeGroote. Yeah, and I, I just I want to say, too, as, um, as we were talking about uh, Bishop Serba as well, like one thing I just appreciated, and it's similar to what you're saying, uh, Bishop DeGroote, in your, in your uh, opening comments, like he was so rooted in prayer and just present to people. And... Um, and I just love, like, the one thing I, I noticed with, with Bishop Serba, and, me, and I'm guessing, Bishop DeGroote, you, you noticed this too, is, like, he had this way of just, he would remember everyone. He had this, this way with, like, names, like, and he'd just come into a room, and, and he would, like, know everyone. And there was this sense of, like, just presence. And that's, I guess I just reflect on, it's been a little over a year now since we've lost him. 
And um, I just really appreciate it. Not only was he our, our, our bishop, our shepherd, but he just had this presence to him. And it was rooted uh, in this deep sense. Like, I just knew he was such a prayerful person. And he led by that example. And I think that many bishops, like, that's on their hearts is they want to lead by uh, by that, the source, right? Uh, lead from prayer. And, and I think Bishop mm-hmm. Serba certainly inspired me. And I'm, certain, I'm sure that he inspired you in that level too, Bishop DeGrood. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, as you're saying it, I loved your, your description of him. I'm thinking of it as a godly presence. Mm-hmm. Bishop Serba carried that godly presence because of his intimacy with the Lord. Yes. And that can be true for any one of us, any vocation. We can have a godly presence by simply opening our hearts receiving God's grace and allowing that divine life to flow through us, right? It's really St. Paul's great words, it's no longer I living, but Christ living in me. So we get that same privilege, and we, we're we blessed to have Bishop Serva to teach us, to mentor us, to love us in that way. Uh, and now, learning from that, and uh, through his intercessions, that we can uh, evermore take the time in prayer, that rest, as you speak about, I think of holy leisure, um, and really checking our motivations. If we're busy about many things, like we were talking earlier, uh, what's motivating me to do that? Is that of the Lord or not? Whether it's work, whether it's recreation, sports, whatever it might be. So everything gets rightly ordered, and there's a sense of ease and peace. And we really sense that in Bishop Serba, that he could be so present in a godly way to whoever was before him. God, amen, Bishop. I, I'm so grateful for um, those stories. Um, and we just asked Bishop Serba to continue to intercede for all of us as we continue our earthly pilgrimages. And, you know, to, to kind of change directions a little bit, Bishop DeGroote, looking forward for the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Um, kind of what, 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 what's the, how's the Lord stirring in your heart? Um, and what are some of your hopes and your prayers um, for the people of Sioux Falls um, as you move forward into the second year of uh, you being their shepherd? Yeah, you know, as I mentioned earlier, certainly it's been a year of grace upon grace for me. And one of those graces was uh, that I received a very clear grace pretty early on of the Lord's desire for our, our diocese as far as a vision. And with the help of some others to put proper wording to it, um, we've, we've articulated the, the very clear vision that the Lord has placed so strongly in prayer in my heart, and that is lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship through God's love. What it means in a very simple way is lifelong all of our life. We're learning, and we have opportunities to teach others, right? So we're learning like from those who can teach us and the things we haven't experienced yet, and we, in turn, should be helping others who haven't experienced what we have in the spiritual life, for example. Uh, lifelong Catholic, just straight in line with church teaching. No making up your own decisions and interpreting something the way you want it to be. It's No, 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 the Church has already defined it. God's clarified it in Scripture and tradition, so... Lifelong Catholic missionary, we go out. So it's not just the you know, relationship with God and me. It's, no, that's to fill me, so then I go out. Uh, and, of course, uh, disciple means we follow what the Lord asks. So we follow Jesus like the apostles, like the disciples who are faithful to him. Uh, but, and, and through God's love. Why? Because it's the greatest of all the virtues. And it's really, that's what motivates us. So the measuring stick for heaven, the experience of heaven, is going to be charity. It's going to be love. The love of God poured into our hearts, and then that love being released to us, to others. So that is so clearly what the Lord's placed in my heart. So grateful for staff who are really helping to uh, brainstorm what that can look like, assisting pastors and DREs and others in the diocese to allow the Spirit of God to breathe into all of our parishes, all of our hearts, 
uh, all the good people of God, uh, just to receive God's love. And it changes everything, and it rightly orders everything. Bishop, I really appreciate that language of missionary discipleship and going out, and maybe for our listeners and those in Sioux Falls and all throughout uh, the five states that we cover here, um, why is that important? I think all too often, um, sometimes we can lack that, that gift of fortitude, and we, sometimes we have this, this posture within people in the church where it's like we just kind of wait for people to come to us, but the gospel's clear, like we are meant to go outside the doors and to draw people into the, the Lord of Lords. And uh, so maybe just a word to, to our listeners this morning, like why is it important for us to have that, that strength and that courage to say, I want to go out and bring the Lord and invite them into, into the church, into God's, God's life. Why is it important to go out? Yeah, it really goes back to the great commandment of Jesus when his disciples, when he sent them out, go out and make disciples of all nations baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That command, that uh, directive from Jesus to go out, and he sent them out two by two. And we see even in Jesus, beautiful example, he would move from town to town, and he would say, we must move on to the others, right? We must, we must move on. So he didn't just settle into a place of comfort, yeah. but he really followed the Father's plan for him. He commissioned his disciples, um, all of us, to be missionary, and that means people at school, in the workplace, in our neighborhood, and at the ball games. We're reaching out. We're getting to know them. We're building the godly relationships with them, which draws them into what their heart is made for, so they can discover and experience the love of God through us. And for for our listeners, sometimes too, I think that could be kind of scary, right? Like we have kind of this fear of like, okay, what does that, what does that mean if I, if, I, if I go out and I, I share the Lord with, with someone in the workplace, in my schools, wherever that is? Um, it takes a little bit of, of strength to do that, but it's, but it's necessary, right? And I think even the, the Christians throughout the ages have probably struggled with that sense of like, this is scary, this, this takes a step forward to go out. There's a fear that's there, but it seems to me in that process of discipleship that the Lord enters into that fear and gives us that courage to do it. Does, or for some of our listeners, maybe they're sitting and they're like, it, just, uh, it seems a little scary to, to take that step and bring the faith out. What would you say to, to that fear? Oh, gosh, you know, I, I could so resonate to my own experience. I was petrified as a kid, right, <laughs> even with my peers to speak mm-hmm. about things. Uh, but what I, what I realized looking back was I was focusing on myself. And what I needed to discover is that the Lord's going to provide for me. And it's just being open and just having real authentic uh, conversations, relationships. And it can be in a very easy way. You start just sharing, well, wow, I had this amazing experience in prayer the other day, and this is what happened, Right. So it's how we approach it, and I think it's so common for us Catholics. Uh, we're not used to that same sort of model, and we need to be patient with ourselves. We need to try to learn how to do it. But it's, I love a great line I learned from Father Scott Trainer. It's basically eternity is worth vulnerability, right? Mm. It's worth being vulnerable. So when we're afraid, when we're hesitant, well, one, pray for the grace, right? And if it's courage that I needed when I was younger— Pray for the supernatural power of courage, not just me mustering up enough confidence to say, hey, I want to share something about my faith, but let it be in a very real, really authentic way. You know, parents can do this at mealtime before prayer, just saying, hey, what are we grateful for today? So people start talking about what their interior experience is and sharing it with one another. Then it becomes much easier, Mm -hmm. much more common, normal in other situations in our life. 
That is a beautiful reflection to leave us all uh, today. Bishop DeGrood, we just so appreciate you taking time to be with us this morning. And can we, briefly, can we have your, your blessing? Absolutely. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon all the listeners, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Bishop. God bless you, and have a great day. Uh, you as well. Thanks so much. Blessing. Thanks, right. Bishop. Thank you. More of our program coming up. Catholics have a feast day for a chair. Stay with us and stay tuned to see what we're talking about. This and so much more on Real Presence Live coming up in just moments. And local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 